Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guests Sarah and Fernandez. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On today's episode, I'm talking with an NYU musical theater grad who starred in shows like Xanadu, Hair, and was Nina in In the Heights while at NYU. Five months after graduating from NYU, she got cast to be in the ensemble and understudy for Alphabet on the second national tour of Wicked. Please welcome Sarah Ann Fernandez. Hey! Hi, how are you? Good, it's like 40 degrees in my house, so I threw on this today. I have the same one. I actually bought that sweatshirt when I saw Wicked on Broadway when I was in college, I think, because I was freezing, and it was like intermission, and I had won the lottery, and I was like, I can't sit like this anymore, <laughs> and that's why yes. I have Yes, it's like the best thing I've bought, I've gotten, and it, it, I mean, it holds up well. It, I've it does. It's wicked, wicked merch holds up very well. I have yes. a lot of it, and it's very, very comfy. Yes, it is. So, how have you been? I'm good, you know, I mean, considering. Just yeah, considering everything. Considering everything, just here, you know. It, doing doing it how are you how have you been uh doing good wanted to bring back the theater conversation in some form yeah, however yeah. way I could and wanted to get some talented performers I've seen on stage on to talk about yeah. theater so well, thank you for having me thank you for thinking of me of course of course I'm happy that you could come on yeah me too I'm happy this worked out yes and I'll get started with some questions I have because I have like a long list of questions. <laughs> I was like, how, wait, I came up with this many questions today. All right, let's so, do it. Let's. Uh, so first question is, have you always known that you wanted to be in theater and perform in theater and on stage? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, when I was two years old, I saw The Little Mermaid uh, and like, just that was it for me. I was like, I want to sing like Ariel. I want to be like Ariel. And then I saw Wicked when I was 10 and I was like, got it. So there's a profession where you can do this. And you know, it just, yeah, it's I, theater definitely more when I was like 10, but I've always wanted to sing. I've always wanted to tell stories. I've always wanted to just be yes. part of it. And who was the first Alpha uh, Gwen you saw? I'm going to get more into Wicked questions later, but. Amazing. My first Alphaba was Eden Espinosa. And my Ooh. first Glinda, I think my first Glinda was Kristen Chenoweth, because it was when Eden was still a standby. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it was, it was, yeah, I'm pretty positive. Definitely, it, it was definitely Eden, and I know she was still standby. And I think my first was Kristen Chenoweth, which is like crazy. So no wonder why I wanted to go into on. theater. I had yeah. those two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You saw it early on, too. So. I saw it very, very early on. Yeah, I did. That's awesome because I didn't see it till years later when right. it came through LA. So. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. No, seriously. I honestly, it, it was kind of like a happenstance thing. My cousins, um, my cousins were like, well, she loves to sing. So let's take her. <laughs> and like everyone really likes this show. So we yeah. should go take her to see this show. So they, so all three of them like pitched in and got tickets for my birthday that year. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. And then like after the fact, I was like, got it. This is. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And you mentioned Ariel. Have you ever done that role in a show yet? Not yet. Not yet. I, I saw like The Little Mermaid on Broadway and it was like, 
a religious experience. I was like in the sixth grade and I was just living for every single moment. I was like, my, my life has intersected at these two points. Um, have not yet, but that is on my life bucket list. Yes, I could see yeah. Ariel. I Thank see you. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so did you do theater in throughout high school and college? I know you did it in college because it says NYU on your resume. So right. did you do it throughout high school too? I did. Yeah, I did all the musicals and all the, ev everything theater that they offered at my high school, I was part of, um, which was awesome. You know, it was, um, that was, that was where I had to, you know, decide what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I was like, yeah, if, if it's going to be like this, then I'm going to keep doing this. So. And then you yeah. went to NYU and went to, and went into their, uh, musical theater program there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. How was that experience? Um, that was awesome. I, I have always kind of been a bit of a nerd. I've always been like a, I, I love school type of person. Um, but I never knew how much I loved school until like school became like acting and singing and dancing. And then I was like, this is the type of school I signed up for. This is pretty awesome. Um, and it, it was, it was an amazing program, amazing people. Uh, I just feel like, I mean, it, it was very hard, obviously. Uh, it was very like long hours, grueling long hours for <laughs> weeks at a time. But that was actually really good for me because by the time I got to Wicked, I wasn't phased by yeah. how much work was required to like keep that up. You know, I, I, I sort of just felt like I'm at school, you know, I'm just at school and I'm not getting a grade. I'm getting money, which is a lot nicer. So, you know, <laughs> so besides the learning about the long hours, what was another takeaway that you had from your college experience? Oh, I mean, I think, I think what was really great for me was to learn about like the actual art form itself like one thing i really loved was part of my theater degree we had to take theater history classes like theater studies classes or whatever um and that was really really interesting for me it it put a lot of things into perspective for me like learning about the history of what you're doing and how it became what it is and who the key players were in turning it into that um like why we have Broadway as it is now is because of all the people that created Broadway. Um, that was really interesting to me. I really loved that. And I loved working with my professors who had worked in the field and like getting their take on what it's like to actually do it. You know, I think for, for most of my life, it was always this big fantasy of like, one day maybe I'll get to be a part of that and get to work in that field. And you picture what it's going to be like, but to actually hear like, real people who've done it, their firsthand encounters with it was, um, was just so awesome because it sort of made everything feel more real. It, like, it, it made the dream feel more tangible rather than just a dream. Plus, of course, like the education, like learning acting technique, learning singing technique, learning dance technique, all of that. Yes. And you are on the East Coast, so like it was like when you were in school, you were close to everything. So it's like, wow like that's right there like I could yeah I could be in this I could be in the show or their show or this show probably right right no and you know just like getting to be around it and even like there were so many experiences where like one of the coolest things ever was when one of my professors uh Michael McElroy he was in the revival of Sunday in the Park with George which is like 
my all-time favorite Sondheim show. And so, like, I just remember he would be like, yeah, sorry, you know, just, we, we had rehearsal last night with Steve, and I'm like, Steve and Sondheim. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the one. Um, you know, and then, like, getting to go see the show and being like, I totally know you, you know? Um, yeah, like, just many, many experiences like that where, like, teachers would be like, hey, you guys are going to have a sub for a few weeks. I'm working on this thing. And then, like, the Playbill article comes out, and they're like, Tylee Ross is in Finding Neverland. And you're like, oh my God. Like, you're like, what like, are you? Teaches me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It was, uh, I never stopped feeling starstruck, which was cool. That's amazing. And you did a yeah. lot of big roles in college. What I was... did. I got, I got very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite show and role to be part of? My favorite was uh, Nina in In the Heights. I was going to say that. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I bet she was good in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I, you know, that, that show, I met some of my best, best, best friends in that show still to this day. And uh, some of the most talented people I have ever met in my life were in that show and have gone on to do like crazy amazing things. Um, it, it was just, and also that show, I mean, In the Heights is In the Heights. I, I remember like auditioning for it and being like, I really want this. I think I would be right for it. I'm all, I'm only going to be a junior if I don't get it. You know, this is like the main stage show of Tish and there's a whole bunch of people out. And if I don't get it, it's totally fine, but I'm glad I tried. And like to actually get it and tell that story, um, especially to, to tell that story um, with like a whole bunch of people that also felt so passionate about telling that story um, and to sing that music and uh, all of it, just in the heights. All, all yeah. the shows I did in college were great, but In the Heights was like the so, top, top, top cool. tier. You can't, you can't ever beat that for me. Oh yeah. And you mentioned auditioning and stuff. So how, uh, what are, what would be advice for auditioning that you would have for people in this industry for big roles like that? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> it's funny you say that because In the Heights was actually my worst audition of my life. Um, so the fact that I got it is what makes it a good story. Because <laughs> if or I didn't get really it, tough on yourself. <laughs> no, it was it was really bad. I um, <laughs> I was it was during finals week of my sophomore year. They had cast it the year before, and I was very sick, like hundred and two fever, Ooh. going to the callback sick. And I just remember being like this is probably not going to happen and that's okay. And it is. And I just like, I had like messed, I messed up a bunch of words. Like my head was so like jumbled, whatever. And I just remember being like, this is not going to be it. That sucks, but it's okay. And then I got it. And I was like, thank you. I don't know how you all did that, but thank you. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, but like advice for auditioning is just like, I, the one great thing about auditioning so much is I think you, find your groove a little more. I, I used to be so nervous and get in my own way about auditioning all the time. And I know it's easier said than done, but I guess like my, my advice is just like, if you have the mindset of going into an audition and treating it like it's just another opportunity to perform, that's so different than like, I have to get this job because that puts all the pressure on it. You know, whereas like we went into this business because we like to perform yeah. and there aren't many opportunities to perform. So when you have that opportunity, an audition is an opportunity to perform. And when you have that opportunity, it's like, 
thinking about it like that and taking it in that perspective for me at least has eased a lot of the pressure off of it and just made it more of like a this is an awesome opportunity i really love this material they sent me i'm gonna have fun with it if something great comes of it then that's really great and if something not great comes of it then it was still a great experience like that's the only way that you can look at it and not like beat yourself up like crazy yes that's my advice it's I, hard but it's yeah you know. i was gonna say i'm sure it's nerve-wracking and speaking of the audition process in 2019 you were on the wicked national tour i was <laughs> how was your audition experience for that what was it like it was very fast it was a lot faster than i thought it was it would ever go something like wicked you know something that big um i just happened to be like in the right place at the right time um i auditioned for the show they called me in with for alphaba um with that packet like right before thanksgiving of 2018 and i had my audition and it went well um and then for the whole holiday weekend passed and everything so a lot of time had passed and then i and then i got a call back i actually got the call back for it while i was already in the telsey casting building for a different audition i was like waiting for a different audition and i opened my email and i was like right <laughs> um, i was like now i'm nervous for this audition um but uh yeah and then that callback happened and then the day after that callback i had a dance callback and then hours after that i found out that i got it and weeks after that i was on tour like it it was so wow. you know i've i've heard so many stories from friends who've been like yeah i auditioned and like four years later i got an offer because there was like no spot um so i was just very lucky that there was a spot you know and it sort of like and very lucky that they liked me and wanted to take a chance on me i mean i had just graduated college five months prior you know I, when i when i first got the audition i was kind of like this is a great opportunity to get my foot in the door have them know my name get to sing this material for them like this is like golden opportunity it'll probably be a few years i'm only 20 i just turned 22 <laughs> like wow you know it's it'll be fine and then it just kind of all happened um and i'm so grateful and lucky for that and i still like don't even believe it like i was on the tour for a year and i'm still like i can't believe it happened you know yeah uh, it was fast but it was good yeah i was gonna say direct like pretty much directly out of college that's insane like it clearly whatever whatever i was doing to manifest was working somebody up there was listening to me and uh you know wanted me to take this journey and i am so thankful for that i you know wicked was always my like life end goal that was always my dream role my dream show my like i will work up to being in wicked i used to keep <laughs> i used to keep a framed wicked playbill like on my desk in college and so like every time i would get like stressed when i was doing my homework or anything i'd be like this is what you're working for this is why you're doing it just when, now you know uh when you went into audition for it did you have like a flashback moment to the first time you saw it i honestly i was so <laughs> i was so nervous there were definitely flashback moments i was so 
the the first audition I wasn't as nervous I think as the second audition but the first one I just like I just remember being so nervous because it was snowing it was like a crazy snowstorm in the middle of November and I was like I don't know if I'm gonna make it in time so I showed up like two hours early just in case and I like kind of just circled the building for a while um yeah and I just was like okay do I have my dress do I have my this do I have my everything you know and then once I got in there though like I mean I auditioned with the wizard and I and defying gravity so like once I got in there like it just those are songs that are like the soundtrack to my life you yeah. know so I so I was like this feels like I'm singing it in my living room like I'm singing it you know, as I've always sung it and just like, I, like, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, cause I enjoy doing it. Um, uh, it's all that. Yeah. It, yeah. They saw that and they were like, okay, the audience is going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they were like, wow, we got a, we got a super fan in here, but she can sing, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, all right. Hey, that's good because when you connect to all the super fans that come to the show. Exactly. I yeah. get it. I'm one of you. <laughs> I'm yes. one of them. Yes, and they and they see you're one of you're one of them. Uh, so since you were you were in the ensemble and you understudied for Alpha, how do you fit those two roles in your head? Like, how do you fit both the track and Alpha in your head? That's a really good question. I that's not something I really thought I was going to be able to do. I was very nervous about it, but the only way that I really kept it up was just like you know, you do your ensemble track eight times a week. So that is in your head. That becomes muscle memory in your body. Alphaba, especially for my track, because I was the understudy and we had a standby. Alphaba, I never did as much, but that meant I had to keep doing it like in any hotel room I was in. Yeah. Every time I watched the show, like if I was swung out, I would watch the show and I would watch Alphaba and I would take notes. And if the creatives came and gave notes to Alphaba, I would take those notes and like internalize them on my own. I just, it was something I had to just keep on top of. Cause it's not like I'll ever forget the words to the wizard and I, like that's branded in my brain for the rest of my life. But I might forget that I should be on like track two, number three to the left tilted this way, you know? So like you have to like continually remember those kind of things. Cause if you're in a spot and the light is in a different spot, that's a problem. Um, so yeah, it, it was really just keeping on top of it, which was like no chore for me. Like getting to go through Wicked as Alphaba in my head in my hotel room was like a kid going to Disneyland. So it was totally fine. <laughs> and you mentioned having dance experience, which I feel like is, isn't a thing most people who play Alphaba talk about. I mean, I know under, the understudies have to be good at dance, but how long were you a dancer and when did you start dancing? I started dancing when I was in like kindergarten and I competed with dance for a long time. When I was in like middle school, early high school, we would go to competitions on weekends. I would dance like five hours a week at the studio. Um, like I was on a team, a dance team. Um, and I spent my summers at nationals and things like that and my poor family would just like come along and they'd be like all right we're going to the beach you're going to the to the rehearsal hall have fun and then I'd wake up at like 5 a.m and my mom would be like trying to put like glitter false eyelashes on me and putting my hair into a bun they're saints god bless them um 
Yeah, I danced for a very long time. There was a there was a long time when I was like, maybe I want to be a dancer. And then I was like, I'll never love anything as much as I love singing, though. So theater, again, made perfect sense for me because I was like, one, two, three, there you go. Um, and it was so fun. Like in my like my ensemble track didn't really dance a lot, but in the moments that I did, I was like, this is so cool. You know, like I was like, I get to be like everybody else. And then Alphaba does, you know, her little thing, but yeah, her little there's, no real, there's no real dancing there. <laughs> yeah, it's about as much dancing as I can do. <laughs> Alphaba is a non-dancer friendly role. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Do you think being a dancer and singer, having both those talents helped you with the audition process did you have to dance in the audition or i i did have to dance in the audition that was my like final callback and they taught me the whole ozdust ballroom choreography um which was super cool because you know like every time they would like teach something i'd be like oh, i've definitely seen that in the show <laughs> you know <laughs> um yeah so i mean i i was still nervous about it because i was like leave it to me to like do well and then get to the dance audition and like ruin it but um it but it, it 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 was great it made learning the show you know a little easier of course because it's sort of th the show is staged very specifically so yeah. um learning it learning all the counts and everything um i also diana uh aginaga taught me the show and she she's amazing she's yeah. absolutely amazing and so learning the show from her was like learning the show from a prima ballerina goddess woman who is so kind um yeah i think it was helpful um i mean i don't think it was the end all be all for my track specifically but there are dancer tracks in that show that um like yeah. we've we, we've had rock cats we've had so you think you can dance winners i mean these these ladies are phenomenal Yes, yes. The dancing is impressive. Uh, yeah. So before I get into Alpha, what's your favorite ensemble costume in the show? Oh, um, I think, I mean, everyone loves the horns, obviously. That's like, and then there's, of course, what I call the kale couture dress, which just looks like lettuce all over me, the, the Emerald City dress. <laughs> um, that that dress is so beautiful and i would say that except it is so hard to walk in so i say definitely my my favorite my favorite costume to wear was always my shiz costume because i felt like i could do anything in that costume there were no restrictions <laughs> you know there was no like horns tilting or like yeah. no walking restrictions also the like shiz character that i created i named her paris gonzalez she was so nasty that to was one of my questions. <laughs> and it was very funny and we all like everyone had a character and just the way that we all interacted i think i liked being paris the best <laughs> she was the worst <laughs> she was the absolute worst that was actually funny you mentioned the name what you named her because that was one of my questions i talked to uh john kraus the other week and he mentioned naming his tracks so I was like, hmm, I wonder if she names her tracks too. <laughs> I did. I love that so much. Uh, so, Alpha, uh, do you remember when you first went on as Alpha and what was that day like for you? That day was nuts. That was sometime in May um, in Denver. 
It was a two show Sunday. I was totally not expecting it at all. I had done the matinee. Um, oh my God, I literally remember it like it was yesterday. Cause uh, that was when I was understudying Marianne Torres, yeah. who Marianne Torres is just like a vocal beast. Like she can sing through anything and sound fantastic. So I had no like indication that she was even sick. Like I, it didn't even really occur to me because she sounded phenomenal. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know, just gonna go home and do my thing. Um, our standby was out, she was very sick. So like, I was kind of like on alert that whole week. They were like, just beware. And I was like, okay, but Marianne sounds great, I'm fine. And I literally, my stupid self, I like went and I like got a slice of pizza. Cause I was like, it's Sunday, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like sitting in my hotel room watching Dead to Me, just to show day, normal stuff in my wig cap in the embassy suites in Denver, Colorado, on the phone with my parents. And I get a text message like maybe 15, 20 minutes after the first show ended. And I was like, from our stage manager and he's like, heads up. Marianne doesn't feel very good. I will let you know within the next like 15 to 20 minutes, you might be on tonight. So start going over your stuff. And I was like, what? <laughs> Hold on. Um, so I call my parents, I'm like hysterical crying and I call my, my sister and I'm hysterical crying. And I'm like, I don't even know if I should be excited. I don't know, You like, I should just be normal. And then, so then I started like, then I started taking out like, crystals and like putting them on my like tiny table in the hotel room and like being like god please maybe this is the night maybe i'll go on like chugging tea the pizza was gone then i'm like eating an apple just like trying to like get myself together just in case i have my steamer on my face and then i got the text and it just said like you're you're on tonight happy debut and i was like oh my god it was like 30 minutes before i half hour Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh my God. Called my parents and started crying. Called my sister and my brother and started crying. Um, and then just like ran to the theater, which was across the street. So that was nice. And um, Adam Souza, our music director, like met me on the sidewalk and he was like, are you on? And I was like, I'm on. And he was like, yeah. And like, he like picked me up and like carried me to the stage. Like, Mike, Mike Wartella came into my dressing room while I was getting ready with his guitar and like, he was like, it's your debut. Like, just yeah. like everyone was so like, I love that. Everyone was like, so excited. So wonderful. Um, I was freaking out, but I was also like, so excited that my life's dream was about to come true that like the freaking out didn't even register. Um, and it was Denver was an amazing audience. There was definitely a moment when I came off stage and I was like, why can't I breathe? And they were like, you're, you're in Denver. It's the Mile High City. And I was like, yeah, that's why. Okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah. And just like run right back on stage. Um, but it was so, it was the best night ever. And then I came off stage after my, you know, first curtain call and like my, the stage manager had my cell phone and he was like, everyone take a picture. And you know, like, so I got a picture with everybody and then I like turn the corner and there's Allison Bailey taking photos of me and <laughs> Millie Diaz taking photos of me. Yeah. And Tiffany Malari is one of my best, best, best friends on that tour. During intermission, she just sat and like held my hand while they were greening me and like, she was like, how you doing? Like everyone was just so kind and wonderful. Um, and that's really what I remember most out of all of it is just like 
Tiffany and Allison and Millie and Mike, all of them just like, and, and the whole company, just like every time I caught their eye, were like giving me a thumbs up and cheering me on and like tearing up for me. And just, it was so, it was wonderful. Like a big giant celebration. It, it, it really was. And then we all went out and they all bought me drinks and it was wonderful. Um, it just like, it was, it was such an amazing night for me personally, but then it was like even more amazing because everyone was so amazing to me and so excited for me. And that's, but that's just the, the company. That's what the Munchkin yeah. Land Company is. Everyone is so wonderful there. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, it was amazing. It was great. <laughs> How was your experience like getting drinks for the first time? The first time was for my put-in. It was in Fresno. Um, and I was understandably very emotional. Um, it was just, it was so, it was so cool. I mean, I had like done like janky green jobs like over my life, like tried to make myself look like Elphaba for like Halloween and oh, stuff yeah. when I was a kid. Um, but like actually looking nice green was a really, um, <laughs> was a really special thing. And um, I just remember like FaceTiming my mom and I have this one photo, I like took a screenshot and I love it of like, there's like me in the corner, like green and smiling and there's her just like crying, um, like on the, on the big screen. Um, uh, our, our makeup artist, uh, it's just so kind. And like, she's, she, she's been through it with so many alphabas. And so like, as like she was painting me, she was like, you ready? You're about to see your future. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like just, it's, you don't expect, I guess, to feel pretty green. Like you wonder what you're going to look like. And then they like, and then they do the first coat and like you do kind of look like a turtle because they haven't put your features on yet. And you're like, okay, maybe I won't be like a pretty alphabet. That's a little concerning. And then they like do all your makeup and you're like, I have never looked better. Like, what did you do to my face? Um, and that just like makes you feel so confident, man. You like walk out and you're like, I have faced by Miss Joyce. Thank you. I, <laughs> I feel like a queen. It was so fun. Was you're so like, fun. I'm never taking this off. <laughs> never, never, never. Like truly like after my put in, like I was just sitting in the chair and I was like, I know I have to take it off because there's a show tonight, but I don't want to. You know, like, I'll just be green in the ensemble. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be no, totally fine. Taking it off is a different story. That's not as fun, but the putting it on is great. Yeah, the take the taking it off is what makes you all come out like thirty minutes after everyone else. <laughs> and and like every time I went on, like I always tried to rush through it so I could like see friends and this and that, whatever. Yeah. And there is no rushing that. You're in the shower and you're like, they gave me seven products and none of them are working. What am I like? Like how do I get it off? And it's probably the more you rush, the more time it takes. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I'm assuming that night was also your first time flying? That was not my first time flying. No? Thankfully, no. Uh, they, first time I flew was in Boise, Idaho during oh. sound check because they wanted me to learn how to use the levitator. Um, but... <laughs> because they, because I did it during sound check, like during their light check or whatever, um, I, rather than just like going up, being up there for the one minute and then coming down because they were fixing the lights because we had just moved into the theater, I was up there for like 10 to 12 minutes. Oh no. 
and I and and it was my first time ever and I just remember like going up there and being like oh my god this is so cool life affirming dream and then I'm still up there and I'm like okay we're gonna come down and like they're like hold on Sarah can you put your arm here can you blah 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 and I'm like got it also nobody told me that like the levitator shakes when you're in it like that's normal that's not a, a bad thing that happens nobody said that to me so I'm like sure you want my arm here yeah and I just put my arm up and I'm like oh my god like, like what is happening behind me um yeah so that was I mean honestly I always thought I was going to be afraid of being that high up and it really I mean yeah but like the, the thing that scared me most was like I'm going to be the one person that like doesn't make it into the levitator in time so that was always my big fear like once you're up there you're up there you've got like 80 eyes on you from the side of the stage you're safe it's around your waist but yeah. i was always like watch i'm gonna be the one girl that like doesn't get in in time or like gets in halfway <laughs> like, <laughs> something's gonna happen because it's fast so you yeah. know i can imagine i don't know how you all do it did you ever have a no fly show when you were out no there? Oh. no oh, not yet <laughs> i i mean yes in the ensemble and in the ensemble the no fly show is the best thing ever because the contingency plan is so silly and like whenever and also it's like never an alphabet's fault like it's always yeah. the machine so like it's not like we're all back there like yeah and like some girls like freaking out like truly like we're like oh they couldn't get the machine down that sucks but then everyone backstage is like it's time to baseball slide you know like and like all of us just like get in there choking on mouthfuls of uh, like dry ice and like Elphaba's belting her face off and killing it and all of us are down there like trying not to choke and like <laughs> just like singing amazing we i love a no fly show so much i mean i witnessed my first no fly show in uh, Fresno. Yes, that's right. I and I actually do remember that. Yeah, I was that so was happy. So funny. I remember I was sitting in the front row like, yeah, and everyone went around me was like, what? She's not flying. <laughs> no, but she flies all the time. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm like, yeah, I wanted to see something different. <laughs> I think, I mean... I think it's funny. You know, it's like, I mean, it like sucks for people that don't get to experience that amazing, amazing moment. Um, Cause it is phenomenal, but you know, for like the, the, the super fans and stuff, they're like, Oh my God, this Easter egg, like, yeah. you know, like it's just this like once in a lifetime thing. And it's funny for everyone backstage, you know, like even like the crew will be like, Oh, no fly time, baseball <laughs> slide. You know, like everyone truly is like, Let's go. <laughs> no, no. Love no that. Wait, so you all call it like baseball fly? Yeah, because we all kind of like baseball slide onto that's, the stage. That's amazing. Because you have that. to stay yeah, low. low. And I just remember um, I would always have to be the first person out to like lead everybody. And Andy Richardson was always behind me. And, and I remember I'd be like, I don't know when to go. So you have to just tap me. And, and, and like, we'd be waiting and like, he'd be like, now, now, and we'd like run. <laughs> no pressure being the first one out. No pressure. No, I know. Especially like my first no fly show in the ensemble was very early in my Wicked career. I think it was in like Salt Lake or something. And I remember being like, 
I just learned the show. Nobody told me what to do. This happens. But Andy was always a real one and like guided me. Yes. So uh, how long were you on tour? I was on tour for a year. Okay. So what was your favorite part about being on tour and what was your favorite city you got to go to while on the tour? Um, well, my favorite part was like getting to be in Wicked, <laughs> but also um, getting to see all the different cities that we toured in and um, all the different theaters. And like, there are a lot of cities that I may never have gone to on my own in life had I not been on tour. And um, that was really exciting. And getting to share them with like all the people around me. That was really, really cool. Um, my favorite city though. Um, my favorite city was probably Seattle just cause like Ooh. Seattle is fantastic. Duh. And we were there in July and it was gorgeous. It, it was just like a perfect summer city with things to do. Um, and you know, with all my best friends and it was just, it was a, it was a really great time, but I also like Denver was phenomenal and I made my debut in Denver and that was so exciting. And, um, a lot of family came to see me in Arizona and I love Arizona. So like, uh, Tempe was great. I, like all of them truly, like I could just start going and going and going. Um, but I think my top is Seattle. Probably. I've, I've heard good things about it city oh also uh, hold on la excuse me la yeah yeah, cause, yeah yeah la i i you know i don't usually think of that as a tour stop for me because i only did two shows in la yeah like, I first, you did shows there so i did i did but i but i just feel like la felt like i don't know la felt like being in school but not in new york city because it was like a rehearsal schedule and all of that but LA was so amazing. And my, my childhood best friend lives in LA too. So he came to my debut and we hung out all the time and LA, man, the Pantages. Yeah. It's LA cool. and Seattle. Those are my two. Yes. Uh, I mean, and you got to understand like two great authors, so. The literal best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what do you think makes Wicked a show that's, that able to stick around for as long as it's stuck around because it's been around since 2003 and yeah. fans still love it what do you think makes it so special in the theater world i think it's timeless because it doesn't exist within our time you know what i mean like oz oz isn't our world but at the same time there it it grapples with so many different issues that unfortunately will always be timeless. So it's, it's a world that we don't know, but a world that we can so deeply relate to in so many different ways. You know, I, so many people relate to Elphaba's story and so many people like I did over 200 shows at Wicked and you could, always hear a pin drop when Dr. Gentleman turned the board around and it said animals should be seen and not heard. You know, it, that, I mean, that is jarring. Um, and it's, it's still, and, and you don't expect 
wicked, as big and blockbuster as it is to be so political, but it is. It is so inherently political. Um, and it was written for the political time of 2003, you know, with, yeah. with George Bush and with all that stuff, whatever. But it still holds up. It holds up even more now. Um, and I think that's, that's part of what makes it so genius is that it's a fictional world that feels so much like our world, that holds a mirror up to our world and makes us understand our world in the ways that we don't want to. And you still leave the theater feeling whole and complete and happy like you saw a fun show. Like the fact that they pulled all of that off in one musical is absolutely the reason why it's still around is because it is so geniusly crafted. And of course there's the things like, the songs are amazing and the costumes are amazing and it's an amazing spectacle to watch. And it's also based on, you know, The Wizard of Oz, which everybody knows. And now it's a big name and all that, whatever. But at the root of it, it just, it is so, so well handcrafted that it is timeless and anyone any age can understand what's going on and uh speaking of how long it's been around with a role like alpha when you went on as alpha how did you go about making that your own role you know i think alphaba every woman who's played alphaba has a piece of alphaba in them. And they're all different pieces. Um, like no, no two alphabas are the same. And, and I think that's what's hard, especially like, I think, I mean, I, I certainly got in my head about like, well, you know, so-and-so sounds like this and people on the internet love that and this and that, whatever. And you know, like people make those videos, those like riff compilation videos. Yeah. And I spent my childhood like watching them and being like, oh, that's really cool. And that's this and that's that, whatever. But um, every alphabet is going to be different because every woman is different and every woman responds to adversity and to strength in a totally different way. And so I think like my alphabet was always, she, she always had the part of me that was like very dry witted. And she always had the part of me that was, very vulnerable like that for me was always there every time i went on like fiero really got thrown some punches in the beginning <laughs> like that's just so did glinda that's that's <laughs> how i've always rolled but at the same time like when i was on falling in love with fiero was like the most heartbreaking thing for my alphabet because trying to live up to your own dreams is, is so hard sometimes um but I'm not going to play Alphaba the way anybody else is going to play Alphaba, and nor should I, nor should they. Um, I think we all make our own Alphabas different just by being different people. Well, that's what makes way, it exciting. Yeah, that's what makes the fans keep coming back and keep loving it, seeing different people in the role. Right. Yeah. And the way you just described your Alphaba, I'm like, oh my god, I want to see you as Alphaba someday. <laughs> just, I just remember my debut, like, I don't, I don't remember what line it was, but like I said something to Kurt Hansen and I just remember him being like, whoa, <laughs> like, yeah. like, okay. He's like, you're like, scared? noted. <laughs> he was like, you're an angry one. Um, <laughs> but you know, everybody's different. You just see Pierre running from Alpha that 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, actually, the story is different. She insulted him a little too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he got his feelings, so he's going to run off stage. <laughs> Piero's actually with Glinda now. She never says anything wrong to him. <laughs> uh, so, what's your favorite song to sing as Elfra? My favorite song is No Good Deed. I mean, it, it is a very hard question because they're all so amazing. Yeah. But there's something that makes you feel so badass about, like, her hair is down for the first time. She has all her, like, sexy makeup on. She got the guy. I mean, you know, she's hoping he's still alive. But, like, she got the yeah. guy. She's in her nice dress and the wind is blowing. She's got her cape thing. And she's just like, I'm going to sing. Yeah. I'm going to... And, you know, if you think I'm wicked, then I'm going to show you what wicked really is. And that's, like, there's <laughs> nothing more badass feeling than that feeling. Yes. And speaking of songs, my favorite question to ask now to you all, to you powerhouse singers, is uh, how do you keep, like, the stamina and work on breath control while singing those songs? <laughs> Thanks, work. Um, <laughs> for sure, uh, especially No Good Deed, which you would never think, but you're, you are running around so much before the song and then during the song that like, I remember when I first started, I was like, why can't I sing No Good Deed anymore? And I was like, because you have no more breath. You know, like when you're just standing there and singing, it's different than yeah. running around in a 25 pound dress and three inch heels and you've got all the lights on you and you've got smoke choking you and you're holding a book and you're, you know, um, a lot of, I mean, I became really popular in hotel gyms and by really popular, I mean not popular at all because like a lot of songs are treadmill songs. You gotta get on a treadmill and sing and just keep that stamina up, whatever. And of course I waited until like people were not in there to do that, but still sometimes I got visitors. And you know, um, especially being in high altitude, the air changes even more. Um, you just gotta work on breath control always. And um, for me, it's like not pushing. Like I always feel like I have to do more than I actually have to do because the nerves kick in and I'm like, oh, push, push, push. Rather than just being like, you have it, you know it, do what you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it is, it's, it's hard. And so many of these ladies make it look easy. Like- Yeah, you all make it look incredibly easy. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is not easy, you know very very not easy uh but it, it it takes a lot of work but it's like once you finally kind of nail it once you feel like you're getting a little better at it it feels awesome you're like yes i feel like wonder woman you know <laughs> yes i wonder if word got around that they were singing going on in hotel gyms <laughs> and like people came and were like oh it was like, I late at night here. though you know like <laughs> it would be like after the show and i'd be like nobody's in the gym at midnight and if they are <laughs> they're gonna get a show so they're <laughs> gonna get a show <laughs> <Free Whatever. show. laughs> it's fine uh so uh i mean you've already you already have wicked under your belt i mean hopefully you go back so i can see you in it one day but um what is your dream role currently well it will always be alpha but aside from alpha um my dream role Childhood Sarah also 
I mean, we did talk about The Little Mermaid, but Childhood yeah. Sarah also always wanted to be Christine Dye in The Phantom of the Opera. Yes. Which, very different from Alphaba. However, um, I just, I love Phantom. I've always loved Phantom. I've always wanted to play Christine. And then my other one, um, like I got to play Nina in college and in the Heights, which like cross that off my, I mean, I will do it again in a heartbeat, but I yeah. did get to experience that, which was great. And I just really want to play Eliza in Hamilton. Ooh. Really, really want to play Eliza in Hamilton um, and like comb through her story and explore it. And uh, she's so fascinating to me. So that is, those are, those are my, those are my two, once we take Wicked out of the equation. Yes. <laughs> and The Little Mermaid. Ariel Little Mermaid. Let's manifest all of those. All of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them right now. Uh, and if you could revive any Broadway show that's currently not on Broadway, what would it be? Oh, boy. Oh, this is hard. Um, there's so many. I, uh, I think my two... No, three. I have three. <laughs> In the Heights, which I've been saying since Hamilton came to Broadway, In the Heights revival needs to be on Broadway. That we need it on Broadway. That's just, I believe that very wholeheartedly. So In the Heights, um, Cabaret is like one of my favorite musicals of all time, especially now. I think we need a Cabaret up there. Um, Because again, sort of like Wicked for me. I like how it turns. I like how it tricks you into thinking about the world. Like, it's like, yeah. you thought this was going to be fun and games, but actually it's about a lot of shit that we need to consider. Yeah. Um, and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yes. I love The Little Mermaid, but I think as a, as a Broadway show, Beauty and the Beast is the best Disney Broadway show that they put together ever. Yes. I've heard rumors about Beauty and the Beast. I know. I'm very excited. I really hope they're true. Love me some Beauty and the Beast. If that happens, that that was my first Broadway show, actually. I was Oh. I don't remember any of it. (laughs) I don't, I don't remember any of it, but my parents are like, we thought you were going to be a nightmare and you didn't move. You didn't move once. And I'm like, that's how you know. It's like, yes, meant to be. That, that's how you know when you take a kid to a Disney show and they don't scream and yell the whole show and you don't get death stares. Right, that they're going to pursue a career in the arts. Like, <laughs> that's, that's how you know. I mean, I should have walked around Frozen when I was working Frozen, like telling <laughs> the parents oh, in the audience. Oh, that's so fun that you worked Frozen. Frozen was great. Oh I'm my very God. sad that that's not on Broadway anymore. But. Yeah, I worked in a Pantages and it was either kids yelling at full volume or kids being extremely quiet, like, yeah, when I saw it on Broadway, I had, like, a three-year-old next to me in an Elsa costume, and I was like, this could go two ways, and thankfully it went the, the good way. Yeah. Where, like, she was just like, it's Elsa, and I was like, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, like, fangirling with the little kids. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. Um, so, who inspires you in the theater world? Oh, there's so many people. <laughs> um, okay, well, not in the theater world, but, like, my mom and dad inspire me um, to want to, like, you know, succeed and make them proud and all of that. And so do my brother and sister, just my family in general. Um, but in the theater world, uh, I love Patti Lapone. I just think she's so 
crazy and cool. I would love to meet Patty. I just, she's got such strength, man. Like she's the OG of like, I'm going to belt this note. Also another OG, Adina Menzel, that woman. I mean, not only did she originate like all of the roles that I feel like have like defined who I am growing up, but she just like, she seems like such a, a badass who's like gonna take anything on and I really admire that I would love to meet Adina I'm putting that out into the world um we're also both from Long Island so it's gonna have to happen oh yeah um no but yeah uh, Patty Adina Audrey McDonald duh I don't know I just feel like all the like Broadway divas like all all of the women who have paved their way in this industry and created a way for all of us women to now like take it over yes like we all we all in in trying to pursue these careers in theater we all stand on their shoulders um which like what shoulders to stand on you know um so to even get to just like stand on the shoulders of all the alphabas that came before me and like how many amazing women like Eden Espinosa and Mandy Gonzalez and um, Adina Menzel and Marianne Torres and Jackie Burns and Talia now. And like, just, you know, like there are just so many amazing women that have passed through that, that I feel like every day being at work and every day that I got to play Alphaba was like, I feel all of, all of you kind of with me, which is weird, but it's, it's, it's true. It's like, We've all kind of created this thing and we've all put our little marks on it, which is cool. Didn't someone on the tour like make a list of, of uh, all the people who were like before people on tour? Yes, yes. Yeah, I have a, um, I have, it's like a frame that uh, Justin Wyrick gave us on the 10th anniversary of the tour. And it's all the people who did my track before me and, uh, I have it in my room, um, but it's actually, it's the coolest thing ever for me personally, because I am so inspired by Christine Dwyer, um, and she's a good friend of mine, and she started in my track. Um, so to like have that list and sort of have like, Christine is on there, and Lily Cooper is on there, and Laurel Harris is on there, and Olivia Valley, who's like the nicest person ever. Yeah. And the only bad thing about being her replacement was that I didn't get to work with her. Um, One day. You know, and like Kennedy Cahill and just like all these like amazing ladies were on that list. And I was like, oh my God, like this is so cool. And like everyone got one and everyone was feeling really emotional when they got theirs. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And seeing your name up with all of them. Seeing my name on the bottom there, I was like, holy crap, you know, like, I guess I did something right, you know, like. Gives you a reason to believe in yourself even more. Exactly, exactly. Great. Uh, so before I get into like a couple serious questions, I have some kind of fun questions. Uh, okay. Do you have any hidden talents or fun facts about you? Um, it's not really hidden anymore, but I, uh, I am a very good baker. <laughs> um, oh. I actually just kind of opened an online bakery now during the pandemic because I'm not acting. Um, yeah, I, I, 
I love to do like big, huge uh, cakes, like novelty cakes, things like that. Um, cookies uh, and stuff for like baby showers and bridal showers, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it like started off as like, I just really liked watching Ace of Cakes on Food Network. And then I was like, I could probably do that. And at first I like really couldn't. And then after a while I was like, yeah, I think I can. So yeah, I like to bake. Um, if you ever need a wedding cake. I was going to say, do you ship? <laughs> I don't ship yet. Right now it's local, but I will let you know when I ship. <laughs> yes, because I love some cake. <laughs> Any type of cake. Who doesn't love cake? And I would love to support the business. So thank you. You're of course, of course. Um, and what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on the stage? <laughs> I'm laughing thinking about it already. Um, I, <laughs> you actually might have been there because you said you came to Fresno. I did come to Fresno. I was there. I was there for three shows, I think. Okay. I mean, I think it was a pretty big event, so you probably would have remembered it if you were there. So when we were oh. in, <laughs> when we were in Fresno, uh, this was the day before my Elphaba put in, which I think was really, the universe was trying to humble me a little bit. They were like, look, your lifelong dream is going to come true tomorrow, but like, get your ego in check. <laughs> um, so in, um, in, in one short day, I have on my kale dress, as I like to call it, it's the like skin tight green mermaid dress. And then it op it's a mermaid dress, so it opens up on the bottom and there's a lot of fabric under there because it is, it is quite poofed out. Um, one thing that I guess people don't really know or understand about like Broadway costumes is like, they're not made out of like crap material. Like, it's not like they're, they look really good, but they're kind of like smaller on the inside, whatever. Like they're heavy. They are filled with fabric. It is hand beaded, hand sewn, all that stuff. So this dress is like skin tight and it's got all this beading up here and it's all this fabric down there. And then my shoes, for whatever reason, or like were like elf shoes they were like boots but they kind of came up in the front um which was not the best idea <laughs> with a mermaid dress but we, that was what it was not like you could even see them right but that's what yeah. they were and then of course i have that big satellite hat on and i've got my lovely umbrella and the green glasses that i can't see out of eventually i learned how to oh, make good. all this work right but it, it was a lot of stuff so anyway we're in fresno and we're all behind the wall that opens up at the beginning of one short day. Um, there's a bunch of us back there in our green outfits. And we go one short day in the Emerald City. And then we all come forward. Um, and this is like right before Alphaba and Glinda do their quick change and right before they come back out. It's the beginning of the song. So I am with my partner, Brandon <laughs> Stone Street. And um, the choreography was that we walk up, I open my umbrella, and he essentially turns me 360. So all that really happens is I walk around him essentially and come back to where I was. But for whatever reason, on this day, and mind you, I'm center stage. Elfman and Glinda are not oh, on good. stage. They're changing. So your eye goes straight to my track. And my little elf shoe got caught in my mermaid dress fabric. And Brandon went to spin me and I just, like, I, I couldn't move my feet or whatever, so I fell. But remember, this is a skin-tight mermaid dress that I can't bend my knees in, so I just fell flat oh. onto my face. Center stage, 
spotlight on me, umbrella. Then, again, skin tight dress, I couldn't get back up because I couldn't bend my knees. So I'm like floundering on the floor trying to get back up because I know that Matt Densky is going to come out with his huge freaking tricycle <laughs> and, and run over me. So Brandon notices this, obviously, picks me up, puts me vertical, and pushes me off stage. And the umbrella is, like, dented, and the whole in inner lining of the dress, like, ripped out. Thankfully, you couldn't see it, but on the inside, it so there's all fabric pulling at my feet. Our stage left props guy, Bob, was laughing so hard that he, like, couldn't breathe. He was like, are you okay? I'm like, um, I had to finish the number but I couldn't really walk. And every, everyone on stage was just like dying laughing. Like nobody could look at me with a straight face because I had just face planted <laughs> in front of the entire audience. And then during intermission, one of the assistant stage managers, like word had gotten around that Sarah oh fell in her mermaid dress. And he like came up You're to like, me and okay. he was like trying to contain his laughter. And he was like, do you, do you need to file an accident report? Like, are you okay? <laughs> And I was like, I don't want this recorded anywhere. I'm fine. I'm like, totally fine. It's over. Wow, that was embarrassing. Um, but <laughs> it was very funny. And then like a couple weeks later, it happened to Tiffany Malari in her mermaid dress, but she fell backwards and not on stage. And oh. so like, she was like, yeah, but mine hurt. And I was like, yeah, but mine was in front of people. <laughs> like, I was like, you know, just kind of like, yeah. So those dresses are uh, a little dangerous. Yeah. Uh, the, the accident report thing, that's funny. It's like, no, I am not <laughs> filling out an accident report. <laughs> no. I've got like, I don't want anyone reporter. knowing about this. This, this stays with me and 3,000 of my closest friends. 3,000? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Hey, you could have just pretended it was part of the choreography that day. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was really something. I just remember like calling my parents and telling them about it the next morning when I was getting ready for my put in. And like, my dad was like, are you upset or can I laugh? And I was well, like, you can laugh. No, go ahead. It's okay. like, it's okay. Go ahead. Uh, so if we weren't stuck inside right now, what would be your dream vacation? My dream vacation? Um... This sounds so silly. I really want to go to Disney World. I don't know if it's just because we, I mean, I love Disney World. I don't know if it's just because we're like stuck inside and like I've spent a lot of time with my brother and sister, like watching the people that take videos of rides on YouTube. Oh my and, God. Like, and like, we've all been like, man, you remember that? Do you remember that? Um, and also we, we've spent a lot of time this pandemic. I don't know about anybody else. I've seen Harry Potter, the whole Harry Potter series, like 82 times since the start of the pandemic. And all of us just wanna like go to Universal and go to Diagon Alley and like get wands and drink butter beer. And I think that's where I'd wanna go. It's, it's just happy, it's light. I just wanna go to Diagon Alley and to Ariel's Castle in Disney World and ride the yeah. Little Mermaid ride like 18 times. That's where I wanna go. Yes, same. And I love that you're a Harry Potter fan and a Twilight fan because like my, teenage years honestly I you know what people would say all they want to say about Twilight the <laughs> fact of the matter is we all know it's crazy yeah like we we fully get it but that doesn't mean you stop loving something you know yeah <laughs> like, 
And it doesn't if mean anything, you're at the ending credits of Breaking Dawn part, part two. Absolutely. And if anything, it shows that I can be committed to something even when other people walk away, you know? Yes. Like, yes. I, yeah, I was staying at my friend's house for the beginning half of quarantine, then it came on like 20 times. And every time it came on, I was like sitting in front of the TV sobbing. And this girl is like 13 years old going, why are you watching this dumb movie? I'm like, <laughs> rude. It is not dumb. <laughs> that is Robert Pattinson, Mr. Batman, you're talking about. Yeah. Watch yourself. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. Get you get it. Yeah, you I get almost it. went off. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> uh, and kind of going off of that, what's the first thing you're going to do once quarantine ends? Oh, I'm going to go see a freaking Broadway show. <laughs> I yeah. can't wait to be in a live theater again with the buzz and the energy and the just, I miss that so much. Is there a show that you really wanted to see before this all started that you want to see once Broadway comes back? Um, there were a lot. Like, like I did want to see, you know, most of the stuff coming to Broadway. I, I think I would want to see Hades Town first since I was on tour when it came to Broadway, and so I've never seen it. Oh. <laughs> but I love the music, and I would love to see Hades Town. Yes, that's a good choice. Let me tell you. So good. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic um and then a couple of serious questions uh since the entertainment industry and theater industry is so tough how do you work on self-confidence and finding that that's that's something i still work on um it is the easiest thing to put to the wayside because it's such a tough industry and because um people are always comparing and you're always comparing yourself and all of that. Um, what I am always working on is just like, I'm in my own lane. Um, if I start comparing journeys, uh, that other people are taking that, you know, like people that are much older than me, people that are much more experienced than me, all of that, like everyone's at a different point in their life. Um, and you kind of just have to stay in your own lane and, um, be proud of what you're doing and how far you have personally come from your things in the past and all the stuff you're doing to further your career and whether they're big things or they're small things. Um, I just, I was once told by a teacher that compare equals despair. And that is something I sort of live by is like anytime I'm sort of like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough or I don't feel like I'm this enough, whatever. Like there's no timeline. There's no set timeline for any performer, for any job, for any person. Um, it's what is right for you when it's right for you. And uh, that's just what you have to believe in. And even when it gets hard, kind of be like, yeah, something's coming for me. It wasn't this, but um, that doesn't mean it won't ever be this, you know? Yes. Um, and a kind of deep question, uh, what do you think live theater will be like when it is able to come back? Um, that is, yeah, that, that's a good question. I, I mean, there's, oh, I have a bunch of my very, very dear friends working on the production of Godspell up in the Berkshires. Um, and I know that that has been, you know, a, an experiment and, um, 
a successful experiment so far, which is really amazing and really um, motivating, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that it will look like what we know it to look like for a little bit, even when it does come back. Um, but I also think that in this time, we've learned a lot um, about what the world needs from us as artists and theater makers. And I, I think, or at least I, I, I hope that the stories that we decide to tell and the ways in which we decide to tell them reflect all the learning that has happened. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think no one can really say yet what it will be, whether it's like wicked with face shields on or, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> to who add knows? To the costumes. <laughs> right. Or like seats that are distanced or whatever. But um, the thing that gets me through thinking about hard stuff like that is the fact that after all this is over, people are going to need theater more than they've ever needed it. And um, that makes it really exciting to be an artist. Um, because a big reason why a lot of us are in this industry is uh, to make other people happy and for human connection and for all of that. And I think after a time of such sadness, we're going to need uh, stories and storytellers. So, yes, for just sure. Just waiting for that. I miss the whole live experience. And just being like in awe by everyone on the stage I see in front of me. It's me too. Me too. But we'll 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 get back there. The absolute best. Um, and then uh, lastly, have you been doing anything or working on anything in quarantine besides the baking thing that you want to promote <laughs> or promote the baking thing? Um. Well, I mean the the bakery has been really great. I um. I have a couple of little fun performance things in the works, uh, which is exciting. Um, I'm working with some really dear friends of mine, dear actor friends, and um, I've been, you know, doing fundraisers for uh, the Actors Fund and for a bunch of different funds, um, things like that. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm, this has been a really great time to be creative. And so mm -hmm. I've sort of like, touched on all the little projects I've put to the wayside um, over the years. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to also see everybody else's creative projects that will come to fruition in a couple of months, in a couple of years, whatever that came yeah. from this. Um, yeah. And also just like things like this, like I love that even though we're all far apart that we can still talk about theater over zoom yeah. or over Instagram or over something. Um, keeping it alive. Thank you for doing that. And, um, you know, yeah, I just, it's a, it's a weird, crazy, sad, awful time, but, um, yeah. we can do good things with it. So. Yes. And, um, for anything coming out in the next couple months that you're going to be releasing covers, anything, uh, where can people follow you on social media? 
they can follow me on Sarah Ann 17 and with two E's because someone in the world has the same idea as me. Um, <laughs> so Sarah Ann 17 with two E's. I'm like, damn it, she, this, this person has it on every platform. Oh my <laughs> gosh. The normal Sarah Ann 17. It's fine, whatever, it's fine. Um, yeah, so Sarah Ann 17 with two E's. Um, that's the same for all my platforms, really. And uh, yeah, there is some, I can't say a lot about it yet, but there is some exciting stuff coming. So. Well, I'm excited for the event. <laughs> I know, I know. I like, I like felt bad even bringing it up because I was like, I can't say anything, but. But it's a good teaser. But it'll be good. I just, it'll be great. So. Yeah, it's a good teaser. And as you said, I love, I look forward to anything that comes out of this because it's also creative, especially. Yeah, yeah. People from the theater industry who are like, what can I do to stay creative during this time? Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways. Thank you for anyway. coming on this with me. Of course. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. And it, I, I felt like I was reliving my wicked days. <laughs> I love that. Really nice. I love that. And I'm still devastated that I never got to see you in the role. And you know that. One day. Listen, we, we, we've manifested a lot of things on here. So one, one day. day, I'll be back at Wicked. And it'll be good. Or you'll be back in Wicked, but on Broadway. I like that a lot because my family lives in New York. So again, if, if we're manifesting, <laughs> that would be really nice. Yes. And then I can, then I can just come and travel and see a bunch of Broadway shows and, during that time. Fantastic. Perfect. Perfect. Fantastic. Well, I'll let you know when this is uh, out on, when the awesome. video yeah. I put it in podcast form too on a couple websites. Perfect. So it's on like Apple Podcasts and stuff now. So. Yeah. Awesome. You're awesome. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Of course. I hope you have a good rest of your day. You too. Stay safe. Have you just keep keep doing what you're doing because these things are awesome. I, I love it. It's the best because I get to see everyone's like smiling faces talking about what they love. Yeah. So. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Well, thanks, Becca. Of course. All Bye. right. I will talk to you soon. Yes. All sure. right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening to this in podcast form on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.